Chapter thirty two of the Countess of Charny by Alexandre Dumas, translated by Henry L. Williams. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. What Pitou did with the find. It has not been forgotten that the Charny estate and the Gilbert and Belay farms were in the market at a price. On the sale day, Mayor Longpre bought for Mr. Cash the properties at the price of one thousand three hundred and fifty gold louis for the equivalent of assignats. This happened on Sunday, the eve of the day when Catherine and Pertou were married. At eleven on the following day, all the crowd were grieving that a fine fellow like Pertou should throw himself away upon a girl who was ruined utterly, with a child who was even more poverty-stricken than herself. When Mayor Longpre had pronounced Citizen Pierre-Ange Pertou and Citizeness and Catherine Belay united in wedlock, he beckoned little Isidore to him. The youngster had been sitting upon the desk whence he slipped down and came to him. "'My boy,' he said, "'here are some papers which you will please give your mamma Catherine when Papa Petou takes her home.' "'Yes, sir,' said the little fellow, taking two papers in his little hand. All was finished, only— to the great astonishment of the spectators, Pitou pulled out five gold pieces and handed them to the mayor, saying, "'For the poor of the parish.' "'Are we rich?' asked Catherine, smiling. "'Happy folks are always rich,' returned Pitou. "'And you have made me the happiest man in creation.' He offered his arm to the wife, who leaned on it affectionately. On going forth— they found the crowd to which we have alluded. Unanimous cheers greeted the couple. Batou saluted his friends and gave many handshakes. Catherine nodded to hers and gave many smiles. Batou turned to the right. "'Why, where are you going, dearest?' asked Madame Batou. "'Come, my dearly beloved,' he replied, "'to a place you will be glad to see again.' "'Why?' "'You are going toward our old farm,' she said. "'Come on, all the same,' he persisted. "'Oh, Pitou!' she sighed as he brought her over the well-remembered way. "'And I thought to make you happy,' he sighed too. "'How could you think to make me happy by taking me again to a place which was my parents and which might have been mine?' but which was sold yesterday to some stranger whose name even i do not know only a couple of steps farther that is all i ask of you they turned the corner of the wall and had the farm entrance before them all the farmhands carters cowmen dairymaids ploughmen were there with father clovis marshalling them a bunch of flowers in his hand i understand you wanted me to be welcomed once more in the old home by those who, like me, will leave it forever. I thank you, dear. Leaving her husband's arm and Isidore's hand, she ran forward to meet the people who surrounded her and bore her into the house. Pitou led Isidore, who was still carrying the papers, into the doorway, and they saw Catherine seated in the main room, staring about her as in a dream. In heaven's name tell me what they are saying she cried i do not understand a bit of what they are saying 
Perhaps these papers which the child has for you will make it all clear, dear Catherine, replied the husband. She took the papers from the little hand and read one by chance. I acknowledge that the manor house of Borson and the lands dependent were bought and paid for by me yesterday, on behalf of Jacques Philip Isidore, minor's son of Catherine Belay, and that consequently said house and lands are the property of the said son, Longpre, mayor of Belair Cotteret. What does this mean, Pitou? You must understand that I cannot make head or tail of it. Better read the other document, suggested the husband. Unfolding the second paper, Catherine read as follows. I hereby acknowledge that the farm called Pelais, with the lands and buildings thereon and the appurtenances thereof, were bought and paid for by me on behalf and for the account of citizeness Anne Catherine Belay, and that it follows the said farms and lands and buildings belong to the said citizeness Anne Catherine Belay. Long pray, Mayor of Belair Cotteret, in heaven's name, tell me what all this means, or I shall go mad, said Catherine. The meaning is, rejoined Pitou, that, thanks to some gold found in my Aunt Angelique's old easy chair, which I broke up to warm you, the house and manor of Charny will not go out of the family, or the farm from the Belays. Catherine understood all at last. She opened her arms to Pitou, and he pushed Isidore into them, but she leaned forward and infolded husband and child in the same embrace. "'Oh, God!' exclaimed Pitou, stifling with bliss, and yet unable to repress one tear for the old maid. "'To think there are people who die of hunger and cold, like poor Aunt Angelique!' "'Faith!' said a stout teamster, nudging a rosy milkmaid for her to take particular heed of their new master and mistress. "'I do not think that pair is going to die in any such way.' "'Let us turn from these truly happy ones, in the peaceful country, to the bereaved widow of Louis the Sixteenth. In her lonesome jail she mourns over the loss of all, husband, lover, friend.' What can replace a Charny or an Andrea? She thinks there is no champion of the blood of either, for she knows not that Cagliostro's surmise was not baseless. When the son of Andrea shall know how his mother fell, he will fly to arms to avenge that loss and to spite her foes, who are also the queens. We shall trace his gallant and desperate attempts to rescue the royal captive in the pages of the conclusion of this series, entitled The Knight of Redcastle, or The Captivity of Marie Antoinette. The End End of chapter 32 End of the Marie Antoinette Romances, Volume 5 The Countess of Charny by Alexandre Dumas Translated by Henry L. Williams Recording by John Van Stan, Savannah, Georgia Thanks for listening.